Hey there, I've got my brand new, beautiful, purple Macho Man wife beater on. I've got my COVID tiger mask, luchador, handmade mask watching over us. And I've watched a whole bunch of wrestling this week, so let's get right into it. Actually, before I do, I apologize for not having a show last week. Um, you know how it is. This show is not meant to be weekly necessarily. That's my goal, but this is a hobby. And, uh, it's a shit show, and, uh, thank you to all the new listeners, uh, I've doubled or tripled my listenership, which is, you know, 4 to 12. <laughs> anyway, we have a lot to go over, and I, I want to get it done within an hour, apparently that's my limit on this, uh, Accursed app, which I actually like this app, but, um... Anyway, let's get right into it, let's start with Impact this week. Uh, another thing, too... Last week was very chaotic. I had people coming over to my work. Uh, the thing I love about my shitty dirtbag job is uh, it's one of the few ones where I never, ever see my boss. And I didn't see my boss last week, but there were a, a whole crew of people who were polishing everything. And uh, it was a nightmare. And I actually forgot to watch my wrestling. I actually finished last week's wrestling Tuesday night. And I finished this week's wrestling today. <laughs> so... Let's get right into it. All right, Impact started with uh, a match between Hernandez, Heath, Rhino, um, Cousin Jake, and Alicia Edwards. Uh, yeah, and this is to, it's a fatal five-way. I believe this is to figure out who is going to be uh, in an elimination match for the World Championship. I can't remember. It's tied to Bound for Glory, certainly. Everything is tied to, to Bound for Glory right now. Um, uh, which is Saturday. I wish I could afford it. I don't like pirating Impact. Whoa! <laughs> I don't like pirating... See, the thing is, I talked to um, uh, Men Talk about this uh, the other day, too. He was like, you'd have to be a new fan to have any sympathy for Impact at all. That may be true. There are several characters in Impact who are independent wrestlers who I like outside of Impact. People like Jake something, uh, certainly Kylie Ray. Love fucking Kylie Ray. Uh, and I just, I feel bad about it. But regardless, everything is building up to Bound for Glory. Um, it was fun. There was a part where Rhino was going to gore, or I don't know if it's gore, but I don't know if he calls the spear gore. He was going to spear Hernandez. Hernandez got right out of the way, and Alicia Edwards went right into the corner because she was in the, in the way of it. Uh, gnarly. Um, I have this card up here, you know, recaps, just so I can remember where I am. And, uh, I don't read these very often, but I do like this one line here at the beginning. It says, this is from Forbes, Hernandez was the most progressive man in the match. Instead of trying to protect Alicia Edwards from harm's way, he engaged her in combat. Anyway, good little match. Hernandez won. Next, we had Rosemary versus Havoc. This ties into Rosemary's wedding with John E. Bravo. She needs, apparently, because I'm not, I was not part of the Impact universe during the uh, Undead World saga or whatever, so I don't know enough about it. Apparently, she needs Havoc to raise Father James Mitchell from hell to officiate the wedding. And, uh, of course, Havoc refused a couple weeks back, and that led to this match where it would be decided whoever won would get what they wanted. And in the end, Rosemary won. Um, Havoc looked great. Beautiful, big woman. 
Uh, very dangerous, scary. She'd scare the hell out of me. I won't go into any more of my fantasies. <laughs> anyway, um, Jay, <laughs> Sammy Callahan versus Eddie Edwards. They have a little feud going because of what happened a couple weeks ago. I, you know, I can't even remember what the feud's about. I do like Sammy Callahan somewhat. His hacker gimmick is cheesy, but not in a bad way. It's not too cheesy. It's 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 all right. It it rides the line between being kind of cool and being just terrible. <laughs> Which is fine. And um, this was, uh, there were parts of this match where it looked real, like they were really mad at each other, which I thought was great. Uh, in the end, what happened was Sammy had, uh, he got out his his uh, phone and he um, hacked the show and all the lights turned off and they turned back on. And then who was it? Of course, it was Sammy Callahan's own monster, Ken Shamrock. And that was just enough to distract Eddie Edwards so that Sammy Callahan could get the uh, surprise roll-up. One, two, three, Sammy Callahan won. I want to mention right now that Ken Shamrock is 56-year-old. He is the most swole 56-year-old you've ever seen. I hope he's healthy. I mean, I know he's healthier than most, but I mean, you know, in terms of like, you know, steroids or whatever, you know what I'm saying. Um, and the other thing, too, is uh, this Bound for Glory, and this is a big thing, big deal. Um, the Rock, yes, The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, will be inducting um, uh, Ken Shamrock into the Impact Hall of Fame on Bound for Glory. And uh, this is going to be huge. I almost feel like they should have done it on a, I know it's not big enough, so it doesn't make a lot of sense, but I almost think they should have done it on a regular show so that people who had access to X, Texas, Axis, Access TV, uh, which is few and far between, or at least who had Twitch, access to Twitch, could log on and watch the induction because I'm sure if it were just a regular show, they would get a huge ratings bump just simply for having a video of The Rock. This is the first appearance by The Rock in any promotion ever besides WWE, at least to my knowledge. Uh, and that's what everyone's saying. And uh, that's a big deal, even if it is just, uh, who knows, 30-second, two-minute uh, video, you know? Uh, so that's very cool, and uh, I really want Bound for Glory. I can't afford it, but I, I really want it. I don't, I don't know. Uh, then we had, let's see here, we had, we had a matchup to determine, yeah, hmm, blah, 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 blah. just Spanish, do, do, do. Uh, I, I, yeah, I don't understand this as much. Um, we had Trey Miguel, Willie Mack, and Chris Bay uh, defending uh, against TJP, Rohit Raju, and Jordan Grace. Uh, obviously, this is all about the X Division, right? Willie Mack, uh, I popped big when I saw Willie Mack. I had, this is a Willie Mack stan podcast. I fucking love Willie Mack. He is a hero of mine. Uh, amazing agility, big man, amazing agility. Love him. Uh, Chris Bay's awesome. Love him. I'm, I'm less into his character, but he is very talented. We've talked about TJP, one of the most talented wrestlers in America. Uh, terrible reputation. Uh, Trey Miguel is incredibly good. The thing about Trey Miguel that I don't like, and this is very frivolous, very frivolous. He's very, very good, and I think he deserves a shot, uh, X Division or otherwise. But the thing I don't like about him is his ring gear. His fucking shorts with the, like, flame 
you know, fucking, uh, yeah, you know, like castles on the bottom. They just look weird to me. Get rid of them. Just regular fucking shorts. <laughs> and of course, Jordan fucking Grace. And it was said on commentary by Madison Rain, you know. Uh, incidentally, I, I continue to like Madison Rain and Josh Williams. Uh, that's his name, right? Josh Matthews. Just fine. They're fine. You know, I have no problem with them. She said on commentary that, um, you know, when Jordan Grace got into that, into the scuffle, uh, those guys better watch the fuck out. And <laughs> they are correct. Or she is correct. Uh, that was dangerous. Uh, the way this ended, though, I don't remember. I don't recall why this happened, you know, and, and, and a match doesn't have to have a reason to happen. Uh, I know it's something to do with the X division. Everyone is interested in that X division belt in this tournament. Uh, but in the end, regardless, uh, Rohit Raju and, uh, Chris Bay got into an argument and that led to, who was it? I believe it was, yeah, uh, Chris Bay, I think knocked out Rohit Raju and, uh, in such a way that Trey Miguel was able to take advantage and get the one, two, three. Uh, I love seeing, uh, Jordan Grace in this match. Uh, <laughs> I've got to be careful about my sexual comments. Jordan Grace is very attractive to me. <laughs> She's like the perfect size and uh, terrifying stuff I love. Um, but regardless of that, she is very, very good. You know, I, look, I say things about women sometimes on this podcast. I mean them in the nicest way possible. But understand that I respect these women for their talent more than anything. Right. For the talent, whether it be work rate, whether it be, uh, you know, just their ability to do, you know, crazy stunts or their, you know, character work or all three, you know. And I just I love that Jordan Grace is in the X division and is, you know, making a stand for intergender wrestling. You know, you can go over the last episode. I get into most of the dark, dark, dark side of impact as it exists right now, I don't talk so much about as it was mere months ago. There are people in Impact who are questionable, TJP being one of them, in this match. Uh, but I really do appreciate how many people of color they have that I enjoy. You know, charismatic people of color like Willie Mack, like Rohit Raju. I mean, Trey Miguel, Latino American, I'm sure. Um, and I really appreciate the intergender wrestling and the continued focus on the women's division. The knockouts division is fucking awesome. Anyway, I am a rambly son of a bitch. We get a Eric Young sit-down interview in which he starts brawling with uh, Rich Swan. Uh, that was all right. Whatever. Uh, okay, that was the end of that. You know, This doesn't cover everything. The one thing I really want to mention, too, is we had some stuff with Moose uh, getting interviewed. I can't remember the guy's interview, uh, guy's name. And after that interview, the guy gets kidnapped by EC3's uh, dudes and taken to an undisclosed location. And EC3 has a nice, crazy interview with him. And the thing I want to say about this is I have complained somewhat at nauseum about EC3. Only in that I want to see him wrestle, right? Recently, we'll talk about this in a little bit here. He uh, showed up on Ring of Honor. You know, he's not signed long term. This almost makes me think, if you go back to one of my earliest episodes, where he was uh, talking to Jericho, and they had some kind of secret they were they were alluding to, 
that might have just been, you know, I've got this narrative, this storyline I'm telling, and it's really cool, and you'll like it. And he's like, yeah, this is really cool. It could also mean that this storyline, which transcends promotions, will end up in AEW because he does not have a long-term contract at Impact or Ring of Honor. That is very exciting. But the thing is, I really, 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 really like his promos and his video work. More than that, I like his ideas. He is a smart fella. He has an interesting story he's trying to tell. Maybe not perfectly. It's pretty good, though. Um, one thing last week at Impact that I didn't cover because I didn't do last week, unfortunately. The very, very end, as they've often done, there was an EC3 um, EC3 uh, segment with Moose, and they, they meet on a bridge. EC3 has the Impact uh, belt. And uh, surprising me, at least, uh, Moose beats the fuck out of EC3, gives him a black eye, makes him all bloody, and takes his fucking belt. Uh, really thought He mentions this in this interview with the kidnapped... Uh, interviewee, uh, interviewer, I'm sorry, I'm rambling a bit. This is a shitcast. Thank you for listening. Uh, and uh, he says he's found the real moose. And that's what he wanted all along. He wanted to release the real moose so they could have a real fight. And when he beats him at Bound for Glory, they're going to finally, EC3 is finally going to fucking wrestle at Bound for Glory. He is going to fucking destroy the TNA belt and create his own fucking narrative. Awesome shit. More or less. I, I, I want to see him wrestle. I've never seen him wrestle before. I got into wrestling last year. Never watched fucking WWE. Don't like WWE. Uh, have a very, very, very negative opinion of Vince McMahon. Uh, so I have no contact with him. I didn't watch Impact when he was on Impact. So I just I want to see him wrestle. But his creativity is very good, I think. It's uh, interesting. Not perfect, but it's very good. Uh, so I'm excited for that match if I ever get to see it. Then we have a sit-down with Eric Young. Uh, I, I think I mentioned that already. He, he just brawls with um, Rick Swan. There was uh, pretty good promos from both of them, or video packages. I, uh, Rick Swan was definitely a video package. Um, you know, setting up that match for the, uh, I'm going to say the TNA, for the Impact World Championship belt at Bound for Glory. It'd be pretty good. Um... We get to the end of the show, and I might be missing something. I'm sorry if I am. Uh, oh, there was a segment with Johnny Bravo and uh, Taya Valkyrie with all the people for the wedding. It's meant to be the rehearsal for the wedding. And uh, Johnny Bravo is uh, losing his mind over the wedding. He's not even sure if he's going to do it anymore. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just pre-wedding jitters is what it is. He just needs to relax. Uh, but come on, man, you're going to, you're going to, you're, you you know, it's like a friend of mine on, well, an acquaintance of mine on, on Twitter. No, he's a friend. He, uh, he went on a date with a Satanist. And it's like, you know, it's all I crave, brother. It's all I crave. All I crave, brother, is one evil woman to love me. I'm a sad man. So come on, Johnny Bravo, suck it up. Rosemary's fucking awesome. <laughs> My favorite intro in all of wrestling, by the way. Anyway, we get the, uh, Good Brothers versus the North. And uh, this was pretty good. I really liked when, um, oh shit, what is his name? Jason, oh, Jason Steeles, I want to say. Uh, Jason Alexander, is it? I can't remember. Uh, you know, Ethan Page, I know Ethan Page more, I'm sorry. Ethan Page's uh, partner with in the North. It was really cool when they isolated, um, oh shit, uh, was Anderson. And uh, got him in the corner and just fucking destroying him while the ref was not looking. Uh, that's how it's fucking done, FDR. 
I don't care if you're cheating. I like cheating. Just fucking, if you're a, if you're a heel at least, fucking do it while the ref isn't looking. Uh, there was some good stuff in this match, some hard-hitting stuff, uh, but it ultimately ended in a no contest because they were just ignoring all the rules and uh, ended up, you know, uh, Ace Austin and Mad Mad Fulton came out and then in the end, so did the Motor City Machine Guns. Uh, you know, ultimately, it's just a build for the Bound for Glory. Uh, you know, uh, I think it's I think it's for the belts against the Motor City Machine. I'm pretty sure it is. My understanding is the Bound for Glory and Slammiversary are like their two biggest pay-per-views of the year. So it's going to be consequential, I should think. Anyway, very, very good. Uh, immediately after this on Axis, they had the Talking Shop Full Keg which was just kind of a weird variety show. I did not watch it. I watched some clips. Uh, Stocks, <laughs> Scott Steiner showed up, and uh, so did uh, Ric Flair impersonator. Uh, what is his name? I want to say his name is Pauly something. Oh, God, I'm such a terrible person. He's very funny, though. Anyway, 17 minutes on Impact. Let's move right fucking along. Uh, let's go to the Masked Wrestler. Hashtag Masked Wrestler. Masked Wrestler, the, ma the Masked Wrestler is a brand new series on IWTV. I won't talk about it very long. Oh, ROH, we gotta talk about ROH too, shit. I won't talk about it very long. I love IWTV, Independent Wrestling TV. Uh, it's the only wrestling I actually pay for because it's such a great value. You get so many promotions in one place for $10 a month or $100 a year. I should get a year, honestly. It's a lot of money for me because I am poor as shit, but... It would be really cool. Um, the way it works is it's kind of like a mix of a reality show and a wrestling show. It's it's very small. It's just in a small little room. They have a ring. They have three judges who are trying to determine who the masked wrestler is. And that's the other thing. The wrestlers are masked. There's eight of them. It's a tournament to decide who will get a shot at the IWTV World Championship against Warhorse. Very exciting. So they wear masks the entire time, and you don't know who they are. And so they have um, judges, uh, which I didn't recognize any of them except for one. We'll get to in a second here. Sorry about that. I didn't jot them down. This is a shit cast. I apologize whenever I forget a name because I love wrestling. I especially love independent wrestling. And, you know, the little tiny bit of promotion I can do for other people, I, I would like to do because this is one of the few things in my life that still gives me a great deal of joy. But regardless, you have three uh, three judges who are trying to figure out who the masked wrestler is. And you also have, uh, you know, commentators. And you have a host, okay? So they fight. And whoever loses that fight has to unmask themselves. But first, the judges have to figure out who it is. Or yeah, they don't have to. It's just fun. You know, who is this? And they base it on, like, style. Yeah, they base it entirely on style, actually. You know, uh, one time a guy did some, like, gang signs. So they thought it was uh, Nick Gage. Uh, but it wasn't. Um, one of the judges, I assume, for the entire series is uh, Chris Statlander. It's really cool to see Chris Statlander. She looks good to me. Uh, uh, she looks like she's getting into shape a little bit, uh, at least the upper body arms, I think. Uh, obviously, she's still on a crutch. She's still got that terrible injury. It's really cool to see her anywhere, but especially in, in some capacity with independent wrestling. Very, very neat. It's a cool little show. It's only 22 minutes long. You can watch it on IWTV, um, independentwrestling.tv, uh, or indiewrestling.tv. Shit. Let me check that right now, because I'm always fucking forgetting. Indie Wrestling... TV. 
yeah, independentwrestling.tv. I'm sorry about that. I'm always getting that shit messed up. But uh, 22 minutes, it's very digestible. It's a great little show. It, it, it mixes a little bit of reality TV into it. And uh, I think it's fun. It, I think it's on every Thursday. I'm up to date now. There's two episodes. Very short. You can get into it very easily. A fun little distraction. Uh, support IWTV. Support independent wrestlers. Speaking of quasi-independent wrestlers, the Ring of Honor Pure Tournament continues. I like the Ring of Honor Pure Tournament. I like its restrictive rules. There isn't much for me to say about it because of those restrictive rules. There isn't a lot of character development, necessarily. Uh, Well, no, that's not true. Uh, They have those wonderful video packages where you learn about the character, about the people, but it's not as, it's not about camp or flair or, you know, it's about the the sport of wrestling. Um, so I'll tell you what I saw here. Okay. I saw Yehi versus Williams. Um, let me get their full names here. Tracy Williams versus Fred Yehi. And I saw Josh Woods versus PJ Black. Sad thing about this is none of the people I wanted to win won, right? Of these four, the one I really, really liked was Fred Yehi. I was very, very entertained and uh, surprised, brand new character to me, and his last uh, bout, which I believe was with, um, yeah, Silas Young, I believe it was, yeah, um, yeah, so he didn't win, which upsets me, uh, but Tracy Williams did, and uh, Hot Sauce Tracy Williams, I'm, I'm, I'm warming to him some, uh, I remember last time I, we talked about the Pure Tournament, that I liked Tracy Williams uh, video package more than anyone else at that time because I wasn't very big on any. So it's fine that Tracy Williams won. I'm, I'm interested in seeing more of him, and uh, it was a really good match. Uh, I hope Fred Yehi, uh soars because he's great. Then we had Josh Woods versus PJ Black. Josh Woods defeated Kenny. Um, Kenny, what's his name? Fuck, 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 fuck. We're wrong side. Kenny King, he defeated Kenny King, who was a member of uh, Los Ingovernables, which pissed me off because I love that faction, international faction, and many promotions. Um, And he's kind of a dickhead. Um, He has a protege or something. Oh, no, no, Silas is his his, uh, manager in this, which is kind of cool. I like Silas. Silas, to me, looks like a kind of a young, um, at least at certain angles, it really looked like I was watching a young... Uh, Jesse Vada Ventura uh, managing uh, a fight that was cool, um, but I wanted PJ Black to I wanted PJ Black to win despite you know some questions about his uh, background story that he did in his last uh, fight, um, but he didn't. Uh, he had his protege out there too, and his protege is a dickhead. He's like get back into the ring, you know, just like chiding PJ Black to win. I like PJ Black's look more than anything. He just looks like a pirate to me, and I'm very biased. I'm very, I'm very white. I'm very biased towards pirates. So uh, yeah, it was a good time. Uh, I continue to enjoy Ring of Honor uh, Pure. It's very, very radically different, and um, that's what makes it interesting. That, and it's 100% free on FITE.TV, FITE.TV, and uh, it's only an hour long, very digestible. So uh, if you haven't been watching the ROH Pure Tournament, you could get up to date and 
I don't know, four or five hours, six hours, which I know it seems like a lot, but that's like two episodes of Raw. So think about that. Um, and it's a good time. I enjoy it. Or you could just get into it now. We're getting into the semifinals. Yeah. Yeah, we got uh, a, a, a Lethal versus... Uh, we got Lethal versus uh, Tracy Williams. And we got Grisham versus uh, Josh Woods. Uh, I don't know. Maybe this is just going to lead to a foundation versus foundation fight between Lethal, Jay Lethal, and... Uh, uh, John Grisham, uh, that could be cool, I don't know, or maybe Williams is going to get in there, uh, good times, I liked it, uh, one thing I would like to add as well, and this goes for Impact 2, I listened to a wonderful podcast, I just finished it before I started this podcast, uh, Busted Open Radio, where, um, they interviewed Jay Lethal from ROH, and they interviewed Rich Swan from Impact. Uh, uh, Tommy Dreamer was the co-host at that time. Uh, very cool, interesting insights. Like, I had no idea that Rich Swan's injury was real. I couldn't tell. I thought maybe it was the end of his career. And it, it really does appear like it was going to be the end of his career. And he just got incredibly lucky, much like Matt Hardy got incredibly lucky like a month ago. We'll talk about that a little later. And as for Jay Lethal, I mean, you know, I'm a newer fan to wrestling. I understand that Jay Lethal is uh, seen as a legend by some people. I didn't know anything about him. Uh, he believes in ghosts, which is interesting. Uh, Tommy Dreamer apparently has some really interesting ghost stories he's going to tell on the Halloween episode of Busted Open. Um, watch out for that. A very knowledgeable guy about the business, clearly, obviously. I just seem like a really neat fella. So, uh, yeah, give that a try. That's Busted Open Radio. It's the latest episode. Moving right along. Let's see. We did we did Impact. We did ROH. And we did the Mask um, Wrestler. So there's only one left for now. Even though I really wanted to watch... I mean, ICW, No Holds Barred, has been releasing lots of shit. Pit Fight and uh, what uh, Deathmatch, Deathmatch Circus Volume 7 just came out. Um, BLP is always having new shows. They have too many shows as far as I'm concerned. God damn. And then I've got friends who want me to watch at least pieces of the collective. It's just, it's so much. <laughs> it's so much. AEW. Let's get right into fucking AEW. Really good show. Love this show. Uh, there are parts of it that people, are uh, a little controversial with some people. Never you mind that. Let's just get right into it. It began... With the AEW World Championship Eliminator Tournament match. That is Jungle Boy versus Wordlow. Uh, for a while there, it actually kind of looked like Jungle Boy would win. Um, but in the end, you know, Wordlow just overpowered him, basically, and got the one, two, three. Uh, I thought it was fine. I didn't think it was the greatest thing. Um, but I, I didn't mind it. Uh, one thing I should mention, too, and this is important to mention to remember is uh, I thought JR was pretty good on commentary. A couple mistakes, but pretty good. So as much as I thought last week and the week before, he was doing pretty good. I think he's on a slight, you know, a slight little um, trajectory towards being a little bit better. Who knows how long that'll last, and maybe it's just my opinion. Um, I really cannot remember what order these went in. I'm just going by the order of the uh, card I'm looking at, so... Uh, we had the AEW World Championship Eliminator match, Sonny Kiss versus Kenny Omega. This was exciting because Kenny Omega had a much bigger, more elaborate intro, including 
<laughs> women using the brooms, which, you know, you might take that as some kind of sexist thing. No, it is a clear reference that Kenny Omega is going back to the old way, the way that made him famous and popular and considered the greatest wrestler in the world up until last year. And uh, that's his, he's, he's the cleaner again. And he shows that in this match because he fucking destroys Sonny Kiss in what seems like 15 seconds. I mean, he even puts up his hand and everything, you know, or her hand, whatever, whatever pronouns you prefer. Uh, but he's being, he's clearly being um, a dick about it. After all, yeah, he's great, wonderful. Look at him, wonderful. You know, um, I'm very excited to see where the cleaner goes in AEW. It's about fucking time. I mean, he's the first modern wrestler I got into, Kenny Omega, through the Golden Lovers story. I watched that documentary on Canadian. I mean, I'm not Canadian, but you know, I watched the Canadian documentary on him with, uh, oh God. I need to watch NJPW more. God damn it. Uh, is it Kobayashi? It's probably not right. Anyway, uh, so I like Kenny Omega. It's cool to see him back. One thing I should note is um, Sunny Kiss was actually a replacement for Joey Janela, who may have been tested. Uh, who was in contact with someone who tested positive with COVID-19. Actually, a lot of people have recently tested positive for COVID-19. Ugh. It's, uh, it's a little terrifying, to be honest with you. Um, support independent wrestlers if you have the money. Buy their merch. Then we get to... Uh, this was possibly the most thrilling match of the night for me. And uh, this was a great episode of AEW. I do have one criticism I will get to. It's not really a criticism of the show as presented. It's a criticism of AEW that continues. That uh, my friend J-Rock, a wonderful, wonderful wrestling theme artist on um, Twitter, made comment about... In fact... Before I do any of this, J-Rock could use your business. And I know there's only like, you know, eight of you in here at any given time. And, you know, maybe J-Rock's better known than I than I think. But um, let me give you a little bit of... Yeah, he's at J-Rock Among Us. At J-R-O-C-K-A-M-O-N-G-U-S. He makes beautiful art. He's always selling it. He's made uh, t-shirts for everyone from uh, Ethan Page to Dan Housen. Um, give him a follow and uh, buy some of his fucking art. Uh, he mentioned something about this particular episode that I'm going to get into in a moment. But before we get into that, and I know I'm on tangents here. I know I'm going left and right, whatever. But uh, we're doing actually really good time this week. Uh, so uh, let's just get into it. This is perhaps the most thrilling a match for me personally on this episode because I believe the Lucha Brothers are incredibly underutilized in AEW. I know there are several reasons for that, uh, but you know, up up until the point of the pandemic, none of them are good. I mean, other than the pandemic, none of them are good because these people, these guys, are some of the best wrestlers in the fucking world, and I love Lucha Libre. I love high flying. Uh, you know, uh, Jim Cornette can go fuck himself and suck his own cock. So. <laughs> We got Penta L0M versus Ray Phoenix Brothers divided for the AEW World Championship Eliminator match. Actually, you know, before I go into that, let me get really quick. So many tangents. It would have been nice if they had started this uh, tournament a couple weeks ago. They've crammed it all into these couple episodes, which is a little bit unfortunate. But uh, regardless, the thing about this match is <sighs> Penta L0M versus Ray Phoenix. Let's just call him Pentagon Jr., 
Uh, fuck tri- uh, Lucha Libre AAA for taking that away from us. I had no idea who's going to win, right? Because I know Phoenix might be considered a slightly better wrestler, but anyone who says that in some kind of like super serious capacity is full of shit because Pentagon Jr. is fucking awesome, right? And so, really, I had no idea who was going to win. I mean, I because of Phoenix history with Kenny Omega, it made sense for him to win, but I really had no idea. And uh, they put on a fucking show, a clinic, if you will, and High Flying and fucking Lucha Libre made La Raza proud. You know, made my grandmother's people proud. It was just a wonderful match. Um, there were points where uh, Pentagon Jr., I, I believe the older brother, I could be mistaken. No, I think he is. Yeah, he's, he definitely is. There were points where he's like listening to the crowd of wrestlers on the on the uh, the uh, face side tell him, he's your brother. He's your brother. Don't break his arm. He's going to go break his arm. And um, I believe, and I could be mistaken, um, that was what led to his downfall. Phoenix did this amazing destroyer, which uh, the way they did it, I can't even describe. Maybe it's described here. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, uh, <laughs> he ends it with a destroyer. He gets the one, two, three. Phoenix wins over Pentagon Jr. I should mention as well that Eddie Kingston was on commentary. He was being real, uh, you know, spicy with JR. And, you know, he was talking about how the psychology of this, you know, regardless of them being brothers, regardless of them being in Eddie Kingston's family, along with the Butcher and the Blade, and now the Bunny, which they never really explained. Um, not even, I don't think they even explained it in a dark when it happened, how the Bunny just became friends again. It just happened, and it upset QT Marshall, <laughs> the dope. I miss QT Marshall. He's pretty good, actually. He just, I don't know about all that. Um, the, th- the thing he explained on commentary, though, was that it doesn't matter who wins in the end. What matters is that the family wins. Uh, however, they are competitors, and Eddie Kingston, you'll hear this over and over again from him, he takes the idea of getting a belt seriously, even if he knows, obviously, that wrestling is fake. If you do well, if you have a good personality, if you're good at your job, you know, maybe you'll get the belt. And uh, I think he takes that seriously, and he was like, everyone in the family's taking it seriously. So this was a fight. This was not, you know, obviously... Pentagon let his familial, you know, uh, considerations get in the way a little. But this was a fight, and uh, it was really good. I fucking loved it. So, uh, by the way, this sets up uh, Phoenix for uh, against Kenny Omega in the next round. So that's going to be uh, a classic. Every time they meet, it's awesome. When they meet met in Lucha Libre AAA, it was out fucking standing. Also, go watch him. Uh, go watch Kenny Omega defend his. Uh, Lucha Libre AAA World Championship belt against Dragon Lee. A great match. And then we get to yet another AEW World Championship Eliminator match. Hangman Page versus Colt Cabana. Colt Cabana is, um, uh, well, it's, uh, John Silver and Reynolds were in the back with him. He was getting interviewed about this. They're interviewing about how they're going to get to the fucking tag team division and they're going to get a tag team championship uh, chance. And uh, Cabana is talking about how he's going to, you know, get into this uh, Eliminator tournament and he's going to get his chance at the World Championship. Uh, they didn't, they don't like each other, apparently. Um, but when Colt Cabana, when Colt, when Colt Cabana <laughs> came out 
Evil Uno was there. Evil Uno seems to be like the surrogate father of the group. You know, Brodie Lee is supposed to be the leader, but Evil Uno is the nice guy of the group. And uh, he was encouraging Colt Cabana, which was cool. thing about this is, I mean, we all know, ultimately, that it's probably going to be, I mean, 99.99999% chance it's going to be, you know, Hangman Page against Kenny Omega for the, you know, the chance at Moxley. And in the end there, it makes sense for Kenny to get the, the belt as a heel from Moxley. But everyone knows that Hangman Adam Page was hot as fuck before this fucking pandemic. And it wouldn't surprise me that much if uh, he got the chance at the belt, maybe even got it. Uh, nevertheless, even though we know that's probably what's going to happen, that's what overwhelmingly likely to happen. This was a really good match. I mean, Colt Cabana is a comedian wrestler, a comedy wrestler, much like, um, much like Orange Cassidy is a comedy wrestler. And... That can be a detriment to some, and I know some people didn't like this match as much, but I was continually um, impressed by Colt Cabana's offense, and, uh, you know, I, I, there were times it was like, wow, man, I mean, it would have been, been fucking bold if they had let Cabana win. If, they, if, if Cabana had won, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I'm being, uh, I'm being a smark, if it would have been very bold if Colt Cabana won, because that would put everyone's storyline assumptions into disarray. Obviously, he didn't. Uh, one cool touch is uh, most of Dark Order came out and actually helped Colt Cabana to the back. They weren't upset. I mean, they probably were upset, but they were very supportive, which was cool. And uh, me, I like that. I like that a lot. All right, let's see where we are at here. Okay, good, good. Then, and I love this, but there is some controversy with it. Um, J-Rock mentioned this. Uh, he did not like this at all. I love this. Uh, Les Dinner Debonair, Chris Jericho, and MJF are sitting at a, it was supposed to be a restaurant, it's Daly's Place, whatever. Uh, they're having a discussion, and they're ordering steak. And it turns into a contest to see who can order the rawest, more raw steak. It starts with the heel bit of them both ordering a well-done steak. No one likes well-done steak. I'm not, you know, sadly, I'm not, I'm not like, you know, 18 anymore. I'm not stupid as, you know, to buy a, a raw steak. So they keep ordering it raw and raw and raw. And this leads into a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful uh, fucking dance and song number. And I had forgotten, obviously, Le Jericho, Le Champion, is a, you know, a singer and known for his singing. Whether you love him or hate his singing, uh, he's pretty good at it, I would say. I totally forgot that MJF was in choir in high school and is, uh, you know, trained to be a singer in, in uh, some way. Uh, it was great. It was really good. Um, it was kind of like, you know, it was a musical number about how they... Uh, uh, let's see, it was, uh, Me and My Shadow. Uh, I don't know if that's a established song, or if this was a, no, well, no, it certainly wasn't, because there was all kinds of references to, like, Cody Sucks and stuff like that in the song. You have to see it for yourself, I can't do it justice. Uh, this was a bit divisive, overwhelmingly everyone, shit, overwhelmingly everyone enjoyed this, 
but there were people who really didn't like it. And uh, obviously people like Jim Cornette won't like it. But they don't like fucking anything. I encourage everyone to go to YouTube, uh, not the uh, WWE app. Go to YouTube and watch some Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Everything, every fucking thing Jim Cornette doesn't like, he did with his own fucking promotion. He can go fuck himself. However, J-Rock did mention something that is a continuous problem with AEW that I think is legitimate in, in a way in regards to this segment. He turned it off. I loved it. That's a disagreement. But it does take away from some, you know, time that could have been made for uh, the women's division. Like, they could have cut it by, I don't know, five minutes? Even three minutes would have made an impact. Um, and gave, given that to Kylan King versus Dr. Britt Baker, which immediately followed, as far as I can recall, after that. Um... The AEW, at this point, in my opinion, AEW is not the place to go for serious women's wrestling. And I don't mean serious as in not comedy. I mean just like they don't take it as seriously as they should, and I don't think they ever will. Maybe after the pandemic, but you have plenty of indie people. I know that Ivelisse is not easy to get along with, but she's right there in the crowd. So is um, Diamante. I'm always getting it wrong. Uh, Dynamonte is what I always say, and I don't think that's correct either. They're in the crowd. They're not signed. What the fuck? You know? At least Taya Conte is signed. Thank God for that. Uh, yeah, so you have to go into AEW knowing that they're just not about women's wrestling, at least not right now, and they have never been super good at it because it's always been kind of a clusterfuck of conflicting visions for the, the division. Conflicting visions for the division. Uh, but, my opinion, this segment, MJF, and uh, this Le Dinner de Bonheur was just a wonderful time, and I loved it. Moving on, uh, as I mentioned, Kylan King versus uh, Dr. Britt Baker. Uh, Kylan King, I always love a, a big, tall redhead. You know, we'll get into that. <laughs> And I, I very much am growing to like Dr. Britt Baker. And if anyone has known me the last year, and I know probably half my listeners are people that just have known me for a year and a half for two years now, um, they know I have not liked Britt Baker much. But since she's come back from this injury, not her promos so much. Her promos are okay. All her segments have been okay. I like them sometimes. I don't like them other times. Uh, last week when she got, uh, which I didn't cover because I didn't do the show last week, last week when she got Tony Schiavone to go to her, to a, go with her and rebel to a spa and, uh, had them rip off his uh, chest hair with wax. That was pretty funny, but I don't always like her segments, but, um, since she's come back from injury and actually wrestled, I mean, the last match I saw her wrestle for my money is the best match I've ever seen her done, you know? So I was actually for a, a big change looking forward to this match with Dr. Britt Baker, <laughs> Dr. Britt uh, Bungler, Dr. Britt Baker, and uh, Kylan King. Uh, it was very good. It was way, way too short. But I do really like her as a heel. She should have always been a heel. This is this is the way to go. I mean, I even think she's more attractive now. Just, I don't know. Makeup, uh, heel turn, you know, sassiness. I don't know. I just, I like her a lot more. And I just wish this were a little longer. Of course, it ends with her getting a, a pink glove, uh, thanks to Rebel, and doing a locked jaw. Uh, very good. 
very good. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, Kylie King did really well. I want to mention that too. She did really well, and she's very solid as a young wrestler, and uh, hopefully she'll be in AEW for years to come. Well, I say that, but then there's so many problems with the women's division. That reminds me too. Women's division, uh, the other day it was announced that uh, Diana Perazzo, our beautiful Italian dark queen champion of Impact's knockout division, had finally signed a long-term contract with Impact. And um, once I heard that, I knew it was over. You know, if you can't get Diana Perazzo, there's no... AEW's women's division is cursed. At least... Maybe when the pandemic ends and they get the Joshi wrestlers. I love Josie wrestlers. I love Josie, Joshi wrestlers. So maybe when they get them back, I'll, I'll uh, have a little bit more faith in it. But uh, after that announcement, maybe it's best if Kylan King doesn't stay in AEW. My feeling is this. For women, uh, AEW is a great place to go to get national exposure. And if what you want is money, and no one blames you for that, it's also a good place to go for that, probably, if you get an actual contract. Uh, they do pay their independent uh, people pretty well, too. Uh, above standard, I think. Uh, well above. I've heard rumors about that. Um, but a uh, little exposure, some good money. But if you want to wrestle, if you want to have a serious feud, if you want to have a storyline, if you want to build yourself up in a much deeper way than just exposure... I, I really don't think AEW is the place for women. I think it's Impact. I think people. I think the only problem with Impact is not enough exposure. See, so it's it's kind of a it's kind of a give and take there. Uh, but I believe is this the uh, main event? Yes, we are finally down to the main event. It is a four way tag team number one contender match. We had Private Party versus the Young Bucks. I love. I love um, last week, again, talking about last week because I didn't cover it. They uh, they determined this by uh, lottery. So they got out the big ball roller and they rolled it out. And the very last team that they that uh, Tony Schiavone uh, picked out of the thing, incidentally, I don't think there was any words on those little pieces of paper. You could at least put some fake words on there just to make it look real. <laughs> anyway, uh, the last one he picked out was the Young Bucks. And I love the way he was like, oh, the Young Bucks. Oh. He's so pissed at the Young Bucks. For <laughs> I'd be pissed too. They fucking super kick partied right in his fucking face. Uh, this was really good. I, you know, a, a bit of a clusterfuck at times, uh, which I don't mind. I like, I love actually AEW's tag team division. Though Impact's tag team division is pretty good on its own too. Just in, not on this scale, obviously. Um we had FTR on commentary during this. Uh, they provided some good commentary at times. They actually did put over the Young Bucks a little here and there. They, at least they're very persistent, you know. They might even be the second best tag team in the world. You know, that sort of thing. Um, they uh, had a lot of good things to say about the Butcher and the Blade. That's because the Butcher and the Blade are the F are FTR without all the bullshit. <laughs> in the same way the North are FTR without all the bullshit. Uh, I love Butcher and the Blade. They're great. Um, and then we have the Dark Orders, Alex Reynolds and John Silver. John Silver and Alex Reynolds had this sequence. Uh, I think it was on uh, Isaiah Cassidy, maybe, they were doing this. Um, that was just really cool. It was very fast. Lots of spots. I know people don't like spot monkeys. I like spot monkeys. I like comedy. I like serious wrestling. I like blood. I like glass. I like it all. You know? I, I want to have fun. There's so little fun in the world right now. Look look outside. 
I mean, don't look outside. Look at a newspaper. You know, just it's terrifying. I like to have fun. I like variety. Uh, I loved that sequence. It was very good. I liked how John Silver was going crazy at one point. Um, I did like that FTR, one of them, um, Wheeler maybe, uh, thought that, uh, reminded, said that John Silver reminded him of a squirrel. <laughs> it was pretty good. In the end, though, uh, every time someone tried to get a pin, the Young Bucks would interrupt them. Uh, yeah, let's see here. Who, I know that Matt won. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Matt pinned Cassidy. Uh, they, there was this point where they were mocking FTR, and that uh, slowed them down and cost them almost the match. But they actually beat um, uh, Private Party, and that means they're number one contenders against FTR at um, at the next pay-per-view, Full Gear, which is very exciting. Uh, of course, after this, to end the show, uh, FTR comes out, they try to offer, uh, <laughs> I'm sure without any sincerity whatsoever, offer beers to the Young Bucks, and the Young Bucks just beat them away. Uh, the Young Bucks being kind of a heel team against the heel team is a little weird still. Uh, but I, I don't like FTR, so, uh, you know, Young Bucks all the way. Uh, what happened, though, is, like, the bell tender or whatever, you know, dressed up, has a, a mask on, gets into the ring, and uh, I think beats one of them over the head with it? Yeah, beats one of them over the head with one of the championship belts, and uh, then the FTR does a spike pile driver on Nick, and they try to break Matt's arm with a chair. Um, yeah. Uh, the only thing I'm, I forgot to mention, I think, is there was a short segment where uh, Taz came out with uh, Nick Cage and uh, Brian Cage. What am I Nick Cage? <laughs> Nick Cage. No, not him. Um, uh, Nick Cage. Uh, face off. No, uh, Brian Cage and Ricky Starks and did a promo on how they're going to beat up fucking uh, Will Hobb and uh, how Ricky Starks is going to beat up uh, Darby Allen. There was also kind of a not a. It's not one of his best uh, or his most terrifying uh, stunts, but still, uh, there was this little segment too where uh, Darby Allen, you know, all black and white, the way he likes to do it, is with Steve O, and he gets into a bag and um, rolls off a big turnpike. Uh, turnpike, turnpike. I don't, it doesn't matter. Uh, very cool. Very cool. Uh, really good show. Uh, Brian Cage should get some promo work. There's just him. I think he can talk just fine. I think the Taz thing is a little... It's a little taxing that, that Ricky Starks, who's very, very good at uh, talking, obviously, gets lots of talking, and, uh, you know, Brian Cage doesn't get much at all. The other fucking thing. I'm sorry. I forgot all about this. We're going to talk about this, and then we're going to bid adieu. There was a, uh, a continuation of the speech, uh, the promo... <laughs> Uh, Eddie Kingston gave uh, after he beat up John Moxley last week at the end of Dynamite, where he talks about how he couldn't leave. He had to stay in wrestling. He would die for wrestling, you know. And John Moxley became one of the uh, went to this land of sports entertainers. Very good, very emotional. It's hard to explain how emotional it was. But then we get John Moxley talking about how Eddie Kingston was his friend. But he doesn't recognize Eddie Kingston anymore. He doesn't recognize this guy who feels entitled to a shot at the world championship. And uh, he wants his old friend back. 
and he'll get his old friend back because there's going to be at uh, for the for the the title, isn't it? I, yes, I think it is for the title. Or uh, yeah, I, I think it is for the title. Uh, Kingston versus Moxley at Full Gear for the title. It's going to be a I quit match. He's going to force Eddie Kingston to say I quit. And then there is another promo where Eddie Kingston talks about yes, he has changed. He's not his old self. He's not his old happy fun self. Because where did that get him? Right. That and and. The way he says these things and the emotion he's... I love Eddie Kingston. Everyone loves Eddie Kingston. Also, I think he's been getting into shape a little. I've noticed some, you know, curvatures on his arms and things. I don't think I noticed before. He looks like he's lost some weight. He doesn't look like me as much anymore. <laughs> Eddie Kingston's serious, you know. Eddie Kingston, um, he's uh, kind of old school in a, in a way that I appreciate, you know. And uh, he says, you know, I, I had to do all this so that I could get to the top. And now I'm at the fucking top. It's an ends justify the means thing, which is something I often agree with. Much of the sagringe of my socialist friends. Um, uh, very good. Love this. And uh, he said, you're going to have to go really deep to uh, beat him. And uh, you'll find that he is always there waiting in that, that dark region. He's always there. Loved Dynamite. Loved ROH. Loved Impact. Uh, loved The Mass Wrestler. Watch The Mass Wrestler on IWTV. Get a free five-day promo code. Put in BLP. Put in The Mass Wrestler. Put in ICW. You'll get five days. Sometimes you'll get ten days. Try it out. Great show. Uh, I love professional wrestling. It's one of the few things that makes me happy in this hell world. Thank you so much for listening to my little shit show. This has been, well, I have several names. Let's just call me Captain Murphy. That's the name I've been going by most of the time, or Murph Stereo. And uh, you can find me at Leftendo. I change my name all the time because I'm having fun. Um, but I'm at Leftendo on Twitter. I'd love to see you. I like to talk about wrestling. I like to get really angry and scream at people. It's it's wonderful. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the Dirtbag Sheets. And uh, enjoy wrestling. Adios. Bye.